Hi, and welcome to episode 74 of Walk to Work. So today I want to talk about uh, dancer journeys. So, kind of the path we're on to become uh, a better dancer, uh, or any better version of ourselves. Uh, so I was thinking of this recently because I was uh, posting a 30-day uh, challenge to post a video a day of dancing uh, in the run-up to Christmas. I don't know if I'll actually succeed at that. At the moment I'm on day 2 of 30, so good start. And just looking at those videos and also discussing um, videos that they're dancing with, with other people, uh, there's kind of this permanent dissatisfaction, which I don't experience that strongly actually. I'm usually mildly surprised at how, look at how, how good I look on video compared to how I think that it looks. Um, and so generally I tend to be quite self-satisfied uh, of videos of my dancing. Uh, that's getting a bit increasingly less so. Uh, anyway, I have a kind of extended metaphor that I think um, serves to illustrate different kinds of frustration that we get with our dancing. Um, especially increasingly so as our dancing becomes objectively good and people are like, your dancing looks great, what, what, what's your frustration? Um, and part of the context of this, uh, I recorded uh, an interview with Catherine Palmier earlier this year. One of the quotes that I found really memorable is, I think it's almost a direct quote, to be good in dance you have to be good in life. And to paraphrase the explanation of that, uh, I think that it's you you have to know who you are and have uh, things be lined up. So you have to have your mind, your body, your emotions, your spirit, your soul, your energy, all those things have to be um, aligned or organized so that you can dance yourself instead of uh, dancing someone else. Uh, and so part of the improvement in dancing is like the, the physical manifestation, the technique uh, of your dancing. Uh, and part of it is learning to be good in life, uh, whatever good in life means to you. Uh, whether it's getting to a better version of yourself or accepting the current version or some combination. So let me go through an extended metaphor and we'll see where that gets us. Uh, the metaphor is this. So I used to live in, uh, I grew up uh, in Switzerland, a small village called Grillon. Uh, so Grillon is on a mountainside uh, uh, above uh, uh, the valley of uh, one river. Uh, if you follow that river down, you get to uh, a place called uh, uh, you get to the Rhone Valley, uh, where the Rhone River flows into Lake Geneva, uh, and then onwards. Um, and if you uh, are a crow, and you set off from my house, and you go straight up and over uh, the mountains, so kind of away from the river, uh, you go over one very steep mountainous ridge, and you get down the other side to a village called Les Diablerets. And from Les Diablerets, another river flows down uh, to the, the Rhone. Now, if I were to try to go straight over um, that ridge, 
like set off from my house right up and over walking um there's a point where it's literally impassable uh maybe not literal literally but uh it gets very steep on one side and then very rocky uh on the other on the way down like literal mountains uh i don't know if there's a path but i wouldn't really feel very confident in finding one uh let's pretend for the metaphor that it is impassable However, if I take a path up from my house that goes a little bit uh, different route, uh, what happens is I come up to the, the, the ridge that the mountain, the big mountainous ridge splits into two smaller ridges. Uh, so actually to get to the Jebelhe, I can also take a path up over the first ridge, uh, which is a relatively small ridge. And then up to a col on the second ridge that will take me down to the Jablare. And if I'm walking, that's passable. I don't know how long it would actually take. Four to six hours, maybe. Um, and so, yeah, there, there, there's two ridges and there's a third uh, river uh, in the middle of those two ridges. So uh, another thing I can do is go around the first ridge by car or by bike or on foot uh, I'm not sure if on foot it would be a lot quicker but by bike or car it's definitely uh, much quicker I can go around the first ridge because uh, it's a smaller ridge uh, staying kind of at the same height and reach the valley of the middle river follow the middle river all the way up to the col and down the other side and so by car that takes maybe 45 minutes uh, by bike maybe an hour and a half um, And so th those are uh, some of the ways I can get to the Jablare. I can also follow my river all the way down to the Rhone, uh, go uh, down the Rhone a little bit, and then follow the other river all the way up to the Jablare. Uh, that will take uh, a really long time on foot, and maybe an hour and a half by car, I think. Something like that. Uh, and that's the way I would go in winter, because uh, if I want to go by car, because the pass is closed in winter. I don't think that's very relevant. Uh, but, anywho, uh, so three, possibly four ways to try to get to the Jablare. The first is straight up and over. It won't happen. It's impossible. The second is uh, straight up, but using the path. Uh, and so uh, it's quite long. Uh, you can only go by foot. And uh, the third is um, round by car and over the coal. So we're going to call these actually uh, straight up and over, walk to the pass, which goes over the first ridge, back down over the second ridge, and round by car, which goes round the first ridge, up the valley to the top of the second, to the head of the valley, uh, and the, the pass at the top of the second ridge. Uh, and this just uh, on its own so illustrates something related to a principle that's called end-gaining uh, in Alexander Technique and it's also related uh, to uh, local minima if you're trying to do optimization and that's the idea that uh, so for the local minima it means that in order to um, get to where I want to go in the most efficient way 
uh, I have to accept that actually what appears to be the most direct route is not the most direct route. So going straight up is like not even a route at all. Going uh, on foot to the col is uh, passable and is, uh, seems more direct, but it's actually quite long. Whereas going round uh, by car or by bike is, is shorter. And so the key point is to, to, to go where I want to go. Instead of going straight towards it, I actually have to go away from it in order to get there quicker. Um, and the same thing when you're, when you're learning anything, uh, maybe what seems like the most obvious way to learn something is not actually the, the most efficient. Or when you want to make some kind of change, uh, any kind of change. And in fact, going straight towards what you're trying to change might actually not be any path uh, at all. Uh, and so in Alexander Technique, end gaining is just thinking about the goal um, and not paying attention to the method uh, that you use to get to the goal. Um, and so uh, instead you pay attention to what's known as the means whereby, uh, the means whereby you seek that end, uh, and that means what is the first thing you do. Uh, and in the case of wanting to get the most efficiently to Le Jablere, the first thing I do is I take my bike and I move away from Le Jablere in order to go around that first ridge. Uh, the next part of uh, this uh, metaphor is, suppose I go to Le Jablere, uh, and I really like Le Jablere. There are two different things I can do. I can visit Le Jablere, and so for that, um, I can go... Uh, uh, up the path, I can go around the ridge, <coughs> I can even set off straight up, realize that I'm not going to make it, and then explore a little bit, really try out, see if I'm going to make it, uh, and then be like, ah, I guess I have to go this other way, and then like, oh, there's a path, great. Uh, and it might take me a while to get to Jablare, but that's fine, ish. Now, Suppose I like Le Jablere so much that I want to live there. Uh, I don't just want to visit. Uh, I want to make this some kind of permanent change. Now the issue is that at home um, I have cats. So actually I don't technically have cats currently. And I've never had cats. I've only ever had one cat. But let's, just, uh, let's say I have a cat. And my cat is my sense of home. Could also be plants, dogs, uh, toothbrushes, which is literally where my sense of home lies. Home is where you have your toothbrush. Um, and your, your cat, in order to be at home in the Djeblare, I have to have my cat there with me. And so, some first observations. Cats do not like change. Uh, if I take it over to the Djeblare directly, it's probably going to be miserable. Um... Even more so, if I go over to the Jablare uh, and then call for my cat, that's just not going to happen. Uh, I have to take my cat with me. If I set up straight up the mountainside and take my cat with me, the point where I get a little bit frustrated uh, because I realize there isn't actually a path, uh, my cat is 10 hours into uh, a really long tra trip 
and it is not happy. It is one squealing, yowling cat. Um, and then even if we wanted to go by car, gently, cats don't like change. And so this is a weird cat. Let's pretend uh, that I can actually take it on 15 minutes of travel every day uh, before it starts moaning. And so I take it 15 minutes and we get down to the base of the ridge uh, and we stay there overnight in the hotel. Uh, and then I take another 15 minutes up the valley and we camp. And another 15 valley, minutes up the valley and we camp. Uh, another 15 minutes up the valley and we're at the top of the col. We camp one last time and then uh, we head down to Le Jablare and we're done. Uh, and so we're going to be pretty uncomfortable, my cat and I, at these various places uh, that we're camping. Maybe staying in the hotel is going to be fine, uh, but the camping bit, um, yeah, is not, is not to going, I'm going to be quite unhappy, the cat's going to be quite unhappy, uh, and there's this kind of promise that we will get to Les Diablerets at some point. Uh, and presumably we have some kind of knowledge that we'll be happy in Ijablaré, but maybe it turns out we'll hate Ijablaré and have to start all over again. Um, so when we're at uh, any point of uh, frustration, it's interesting to consider which path we're on and whether or not we have our cat. So our cat in this metaphor is kind of our um, sense of self, uh, our ability to uh, be this person for uh, an extended period of time. Um, and so, if I just visit Le Diablerie without my cat, it's kind of like performance. And there's various reasons you might want to perform um, being a good dancer. Um, and that it wouldn't necessarily line up quite with how you feel. Uh, and so if we have this kind of good in life, good in dance principle, some ways in which that would be sort of okay is if you know that your cat is home in Grillon, you're away in the Diablerie uh, and you're just visiting. Uh, and that's kind of a form of good in life, good in dance. Um, a less good form of good in life, good in dance is you're over in the Diablerie, you think you live there because you commute every day, but actually you're spending uh, 10 hours a day away from your cat and you're not happy and your cat's not happy uh, because that's not where your cat is. Uh, and there's reasons you might want to leave your cat at home. Uh, like maybe there's people in Le Diablerie that you don't trust uh, around your cat um, or just that you don't want to share your cat with. Um, maybe you don't actually like Le Diablerie that much and you're fine with commuting there on occasion uh, and even maybe enjoy your visits, but it's because you visit it uh, that, that you enjoy it. Um, and the other, the, the, and so this is a little bit uh, like people, we often try to make our dancing look good, uh, and we fix our dancing, we fix the aesthetics of it, we fix the technique of it, but we don't actually adjust ourselves. We don't become more aware of who we are. Uh, I mean, I don't mean this as, a, as an attack. Uh, I'm not saying that people are deliberately doing that. I'm just saying that it's easier to go visit the Diablerie than it is to move there with your cat, uh, or even to 
um, admit to the extent to which your cat is uh, likely to ever make it to the Jablare or not. Uh, And then we can kind of, and then the other thing you could do is gradually move over to Le Jablere and you can be over at Le Jablere with your cat. And you've not become a new person necessarily because you're still the same, your cats are still the same, uh, but you're kind of at a different place, you're interpreting it in a different way. Um, that's part of a journey uh, you could want to go on. And maybe if you go on that journey, uh, at some point you and your cat are camping halfway up a hillside somewhere. Uh, and that's probably not great, especially if you get stuck there. Uh, but ideally, you, you wouldn't get stuck. Um, and so frustration. Some of the ways you can get frustrated. Uh, if you're halfway up the hillside, having tried uh, trying the direct route. You, so at first, you make progress. If you look, you're like, yep, I'm closer to the Jablare. And the next day or the next hour, you're like, yep, closer again. And then the next hour, you're like, yep, closer again. But each time, you're getting less and less far in the same time period uh, and there's a point you're going to get stuck. Uh, that can be fine because I think really that doing, having that experience, I guess in this metaphor you need to not have a map because otherwise you'd figure out the best way to get to Le Um And it's kind of you're building this map and you're building this map of your journey and no one can really Mostly no one can do that for you. There may be people can help you and be like, probably if there's a ridge that's really steep, there's a way around that ridge, why don't you try going around? And I guess that's the role of uh, teachers and coaches and how they fit into this. Um, but you can be up that hillside thinking that this is your path to get to Le Jablare and you're stuck and you're not getting there and that would be super frustrating. Even worse, you could be up that hillside with your cat and your cat is super pissed off at you, you're super pissed off at yourself uh, and no one's happy uh, and that's super frustrating um, because you're not at Le Jablare and, and maybe that's fine, maybe you don't actually need to ever get to Le Jablare maybe your dream, uh, the dream for you and your cat uh, is living halfway up a hillside with no way of getting to Le Jablare without going back to where you started uh, that's cool too uh, Another form of frustration is when you are uh, over at Le Jablare, you don't have your cat, and you worked really hard to get to Le Jablare because you took that footpath, it took you six hours of walking. You don't, and now you have to kind of admit to yourself that it's never going to be home without your cat. Uh, and you're like, oh, I have to go all the way back to where I started and pick my cat up. Uh, and take some other path to get right back to the same place. This is the only way I can be at the Jablare. I can't even use the same path because the cat is not going to want to be carried for four hours uh, or six hours uh, walk. Uh, and that's an experience I think that people have kind of in, in dance where they're dancing super beautifully, um, especially in the case where they have uh, mentors that they identify really strongly with. And they're like, I want to dance like that person. And they end up dancing like that person um, and there's some kind of loss of uh, their selves. And then they realize, oh, the, the way to do this is for me to start all over again and dance like myself to get here uh, and bring who you are with it. Um, and again, this is not a, a, an accusation. I think it's just like this is literally where some people find themselves and it's quite a frustrating place to be. 
And another frustrating place to be that I think is under-recognized how it doesn't... I mean, it does and it doesn't. So you're over at Le Diablere, you don't have your cat. And you're like, hey, cat, come over here. And with cats, that's not going to work. That's just not realistic. Um, and there's an idea of fake it till you make it. So if you're not a happy person, you put on a smile. If you're not a confident person, you act confident. And by the process of acting confident, you become confident. And definitely that can work. So like if actually I'm not at Le Diablere, I'm just 10 minutes away from house and I've just moved to a different place, I can be like, hey cat, come along. Uh, and hopefully at some point the cat will come along. I mean, this is a weird cat, but it's a weird metaphor. It's fine. Um, and that, that that's uh, a process that um, I think is, yeah, as I was saying, under-recognized, like, if um, I want better posture, we sometimes think of it as being like, okay, um, hold your shoulders back and your head up high and your back straight. Um, uh, and that's good posture. Uh, and the thing is, posture is, it's not a static thing. It's a moving thing. And it's not just a body thing. It's a mind-body thing. It's a whole organism thing. Uh, in fact, don't think of posture. It's not a useful thing to think of. Um, but uh, postural change, or what we would think of as posture, is a whole reorganization of your mind-body. That means taking your cat with you. Um, and literally, if you are holding your shoulders back and down, that means you are visiting the Diablerie without your cat. Uh, you haven't gotten uh, a change in understanding of who you are, or of accepting of who you are, or a change of who you are. Uh, you're just trying to hold your shoulders there. And you can call your cat all you want. Your cat will not come. Um, no amount of cueing yourself to holding your shoulders uh, down and back uh, will improve your posture. Uh, I ranted about this earlier. Um, although, well, it will do some things. It will get you used to living in Ndjablare. You can experience what being in Ndjablare is like. And you can be like, hey, maybe if I'm happy over here in Ndjablare on my own, um, I can go back, fetch my cat, and me and my cat will be happy over here. Uh, it's a good way of experiencing something new uh, without kind of having to, to, to commit to it. Um, and that's also a situation I think people are kind of at in terms of frustration. They're over in Lingeblere and they're waiting for their cat to join them. And they don't really get why they're not happy because they're like, I really love Lingeblere, I like the people over here, I like the scenery, uh, I have my favorite restaurant over here. I have everything I claimed I wanted, but I'm not happy. Why am I not happy? Um, and sometimes I think it's because you don't have your cat with you. Um, and the last point of frustration is one I often find myself on, uh, or not wanting to do, is that I recognize that I need to travel with my cat in stages, and that that means spending some time camped halfway up a mountain uh, with my cat being quite miserable, uh, in the dream that we will both be happy at Le Diableret. And there's no guarantees. There's no guarantee we'll even actually get to Le Diableret. Uh, though, uh, if you have a rough idea of what the organization, the geogra geography is, like, you know there's a valley, you know there's a coal, you can see there's a road right now, probably that road will go all the way up and over and down. But maybe it won't. Um, uh, and that can also be a, a, a sense of frustration. But there's also a kind of sense of comfort, uh, the sense that you can go places with your cat, uh, that you know how to keep your cat happy as you go places, 
and that you recognize that you can definitely go places temporarily without your cat and leave your cat at wherever home currently is um, and visit there and try them out and see what visiting is like. Um, you can even deliberately leave your cat at home. Uh, you don't have to be kind of have your cat uh, on display for everyone to see. Uh, yeah, those are my thoughts about uh, journeys and cats. Uh, and so I'm curious if that resonates with anyone. Like, do you recognize anything in your frustrations uh, with this metaphor? Do you recognize anything in how you're frustrated with other people's frustrations uh, in this metaphor? Like, maybe you're stuck halfway up a hillside with your cat and someone else is over in the Jablare but their cat is uh, nice and warm back at home and you don't really get what their issue is. You're not at the Jablare and your cat is not nice and warm back at home um, but theirs is and they're complaining. What do they have to complain about? Maybe they have quite a bit to complain about and maybe that can help you empathize. Uh, yeah, let me know how this metaphor works out for you. Uh, I will see you again next week. Until then, take care.